The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. I'm going in the closet. Even if I just need to come in here for five, like to take five, <laughs> this is where I come. <laughs> That's hilarious. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. We talk about stress like it's a fact of life these days. Unless, I guess, you're living on a desert island with, with someone fanning you all day, bringing you your food and your drinks with an extra little umbrella on the side, then, you know, if that's not your life or whose life is that, then you're likely experiencing stress on a daily basis. What happens when it goes on and on and on and becomes chronic until you just can't get off the stress merry-go-round? Well, burnout happens, that's what. Does that mean that you can't get out of bed or that you can't function in a day? Is that what burnout looks like? No, not necessarily. But it does really mean that your two little adrenal glands that sit on top of your kidneys could be fatigued beyond whatever they were designed to cope with a million years ago or not even that long ago, maybe a hundred years ago. And when they're completely pooped, all sorts of things start going off the rails. Stress can be emotional from grief or sadness. Stress also comes from mental stress, from anxiety and depression, and just those negative thoughts that you can't quite get out of your head. Physical stress, well, did you know that that can actually be from pain? Pain is stress. It's a stress on your body that will then have the cascade of hormones happen. But also stress can happen from over-exercising. A lot of people don't know that. They go out and do an Ironman, they go out and do their really big hit class, and they think, oh, this is going to give me more energy, when in actual fact, it's really stressing your little adrenals out even further. All of them just end up taking their toll. And all the underlying issues, well, it can cause a huge long list. And things that you might be dealing with right now might fall under this umbrella. For anyone that doesn't think that they feel stress because, well, your body was designed to run from the bear or the tiger, right? So that's what stress and what your body's supposed to do. It's an acute situation. A fight or flight situation is like run. And everything in your body supports that so that you can just get going. But if you think about the uncertainty that we've been living in for the past year or more now with the pandemic, it actually has triggered your brain's threat detection system to be on high alert. And this fight or flight thing, even though there's no bears, no tigers around, the effect is the same. Your body was not meant to be living in a chronically stressed state. So those feelings of being tired, but also wired at the same time can kind of mean that you're on the way to burnout. You might experience palpitations or feel anxious or even have trouble sleeping. You might get food cravings, but not only for those sugary sweets, it could also be craving salty snacks like chips or salted nuts. You may get dizzy when you stand up from low blood pressure caused by the unbalance of stress hormones. 
don't feel like you have to fall down for this to be you. There are so many symptoms that can come from adrenal fatigue and burnout, also known as the HPA axis situation. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But today on Eat This with Leanne, how do you know that you're there at this burnout point? What might you be feeling like? And of course, what can you do about this? And we're going to talk to a dynamo naturopathic doctor who's going to share her expertise. There are medical tests that would show you if your adrenal glands are struggling and affected by something like Cushing's syndrome or Addison's disease. So as I usually do, I recommend speaking, <laughs> eating an ice cream. <laughs> I bet you that looked a little weird out of the corner of your eye. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just dealing with my uh, stress over here. That's all. You keep going. I'm fine. I'll be stressed when the ice cream is done. <laughs> That's something move in the corner of my eye because I have my laptop set up where my notes are on one side of the screen and Chris is on the other. And I'm like trying to fo follow my flow and I, I see a little something and then I just look over it and you have the biggest... <laughs> Biggest I didn't soft serve ice cream that just about fits on the zoom screen from top to bottom <laughs> and I can't breathe. <laughs> I didn't I didn't ask for it, it just kind of showed up. <laughs> and they know that you're doing eat this right now. No, I'm doing Perfect. a podcast about being healthier. <laughs> who, who handed that off to you? My <laughs> son. <laughs> my, my son came down. He had one one in his left hand and one in his right. <laughs> I asked for both, but he he, he didn't give me both. <laughs> he asked for both. <laughs> You're, oh my gosh. I couldn't even have an ice cream in my closet right now. It's so hot because I'm laughing so much. I'm like having almost having a hot flash here. That's, wedding. Oh that's, my god, that is how that's the funniest thing ever that's why i'm trying to eat this quickly because it's warm in here i didn't mean to mess up your flow you keep going oh yeah right <laughs> give me a minute good luck getting back into it thanks a bunch buddy <laughs> this is when i show my real pro podcasting skills <laughs> So as I usually do. <laughs> See? Can't do it. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, thanks. I needed that belly laugh. <laughs> so as I usually do, I recommend speaking with your doctor about anything that's ongoing or that you're worrying about. But really what today we're talking about is on a functional level. How is your body functioning and adapting under stress? And also, of course, how is it recovering? Are you actually healing? As I mentioned, the fight or flight reaction from your nervous system is crucial for survival. If there's a bear coming or something life-threatening, you need to be able to move and fast. Now, what burnout deals with is that constant reaction to chronic stress, no matter where it comes from. There is a point at which your body starts letting you know that it's not coping. That might look like a few aches and pains, the odd crappy night's sleep, or just an overall feeling that, ugh, you know, I feel like I'm getting old, I'm achy, and that kind of thing. Well, when you don't listen to these little cues, your body's going to up the volume and eventually will be screaming at you. So this is absolutely when it's time to sit up and listen. 
The stress response causes wear and tear on your body that leads to physical, emotional, and behavioral symptoms. Those aches and pains like a sore back that just won't quit, or you know that twitchy eye that sometimes happens for a little while, or there's like a twitch that you have on your leg or something like that, that can definitely be something to pay attention attention to. While it doesn't really feel that serious and you know you kind of have it and then it goes away and you think, oh, okay, well, that's all gone. Mm -mm, That's a little sign. Well, when your body starts screaming with chest pain, well, then you're going to sit up and listen, right? Or if your heart is racing and your body's saying, hello, now are you listening? How about when you feel tired all the time and you're having trouble sleeping? Well, personally, I suffer with headaches and more recently have been getting migraines. And I also get a bit dizzy throughout the day and have a head tremor that I don't actually feel, but I know it goes crazy as soon as I'm stressed. There's a really interesting juxtaposition with the high blood pressure versus the low blood pressure. Chronically high blood pressure, well, it's obvious, it's worrying, but also insanely low blood pressure, which is what I suffer with, isn't any healthier either. You may not realize that you're clenching your jaw, but definitely take a look at that one. Just see what's happening in your mouth. It can happen during during the day, but also at nighttime. And it causes muscle tension, not only in your neck, but it has a knock-on effect to the rest of your body. A symptom that could possibly get a guy's attention or maybe his uh, lady lover is that you're going to have some difficulty performing in the bedroom. Yep. I just got all eyes on me now that I said that from my Zoom screen with Chris. (laughs) Whoa. Big deal alert. Erectile dysfunction or low libido. Yes, those can absolutely have so much to do with adrenal burnout. The last more physical issue is that it's your, all about your immune system. The ability to heal, which is a part of your immune system, that completely tanks. Maybe you get sick a lot. Maybe you get reoccurring sinus infections or yeast infections, or even if you get mouth ulcers all the time and they just won't heal. All that has to do with your stress response and how it affects the rest of your body. Now, burnout of the emotional and mental side, well, that can look like anxiety or irritability or depression, panic attacks, and even sadness. Behaviors of burnout could be that all of a sudden you think, actually, you know what? It's five o'clock somewhere. I need a drink. So maybe you start drinking every night because it's more of your coping mechanism and you actually think that's what you need to chill yourself out and it's happening in the evening. Mm, Not so much. More addictive behaviors like gambling, shopping, compulsive sex, smoking, and the use of drugs, all of this can also be a particular band-aid for the burnout that might be underlying all of this. So if you've identified with any of this that I've just talked about, and believe me, there's a lot more to go on, on into it, let's dive into this a little more and learn from a very experienced naturopathic doctor, Dr. Christine Matheson. Now, she's not only a licensed naturopathic doctor, but she's an Arvago practitioner, I have said that right, and a certified kundalini yoga instructor. Her expertise has helped patients since 2001 in the area of pelvic health, which really covers everything in the corners, all the corners of your belly, as well as mindful stress management and children's health. Welcome, Christine, and thank you so much for joining us on Eat This with Leanne today. Now, talking about burnout and this adrenal fatigue, you already mentioned that maybe that's not the most appropriate term to use. Yeah, well, you know, it is a totally fine term, but uh, in the medical field, we're really getting more specific that it is technically the hypothalamic pituitary 
axis dysfunction. So Got it's it. a, it's like a miscommunication between um, those glands. Um, so because we want to make sure we're really being specific and also yes. how you're, how you're testing for it and everything, but yeah, it's really, you know, a summary of like what happens when you experience the hidden costs of stress and what happens to your body. And, and the adrenal gland is the main gland that we, we feel is affected initially. And then it has a cascade effect on all sorts of other glands. Okay, Chris, I want you to say oh, that no. three, to- three times. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> no, but you can say HPA, HPA, HPA. Yeah, HPA axis, dis- HPA axis dysfunction. That's the technical, <laughs> That's easier that way to say right it. One. <laughs> as soon as I, as soon as she said that, I just saw your face go. Oh, what was that? <laughs> I love it. You should see the look on your face. All right. Well, now that you've given us that, Chris- Christine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into a little bit more about the HPA? situation. Absolutely. Well, um, again, thanks so much for having me and the opportunity to chat about this topic. My name is Christine Matheson. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm also an Arvigo practitioner, which is this amazing abdominal massage technique that I'm trained in, a kundalini yoga instructor. And I really try to help people feel well from the inside out and manage those hidden costs of stress and stress less. Um, And I do that largely through my signature program, which is called the Belly Be Well program, both a one-on-one program and now officially uh, offering online group programs as well, which we can talk about. Yay. Okay. So the adrenal fatigue or the burnout situation, we hear about that. It's thrown around. I'm so burnt out. I'm just, you know, I think I'm, you probably wouldn't walk around saying, oh, I'm adrenally fatigued necessarily, (laughs) but you know, like, oh yeah, just as part of every conversation. (laughs) Right. So can you, like, is this a real thing? And can you tell us what it is? Yeah. So what it might originally sound like might be like, I'm experiencing uh, brain fog. I have difficulty sleeping or difficulty falling asleep, or, you know, I don't have that reserve of energy I used to have, or it can lead to like, I'm having a lot of digestive symptoms, or I'm having a lot of headaches. It's really different depending on the person, how they experience it. But essentially what we think is happening is if you think about it, our bodies are designed to be able to handle a certain amount of stress. It's actually good for us to have a certain amount of stress, but uh, in the sense that it, it keeps our body very sort of attentive and keeps us energized in certain ways. But if we have chronic stress over a long mm-hmm. period of time, and that's really relevant in terms of what we've all just been going through with the yeah. pandemic, um, it, it sends this message to the body that there's constantly an emergency happening. And when we get that signal uh, the body doesn't go, oh, it's not major stress, don't worry, or, oh, this is, we should categorize this as um, like really big stress. It just, everything comes down as stress to the body. And the messaging that happens between those glands we were talking about says to the adrenals, which sit on top of each kidney, um, that you need to produce some hormones to help us get through the stress, particularly cortisol, but other hormones as well. And so if you can imagine, they're kind of like the shock absorbers of your body. And if you overtax them, eventually they're like, I can't keep up. I can't give you the amount of cortisol that you need. So what you see is people starting to say, I just don't have the energy I had before, or I'm, it's showing up. Uh, what's really interesting with sleep issues is you might have had that stress experience happen at 8 a.m. in the morning. But because your adrenals are having a hard time catching up, they might give you that dose of cortisol at 2 a.m., 
And so you're up and you don't even know why you're up. That's where the beginning of a lot of sleep issues happen. Mm-hmm. So it's really a question of two brand, like two ways to approach this. You, you need to look at how to support the adrenals and nourish the adrenals and help them get stronger and more able to handle things. But honestly, you can't do that without trying to find ways to reduce your stress because you have to change the circumstance you're in. So that's the way I really approach it with, with every patient and every person is, you know, how can we look at managing your stress while we're strengthening and building you up and making you more resilient? And resilience is the word, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, um, you know, which is so key. And I think you and I talked before too, in the New York Times, they've been really um, highlighting the word languishing, which is a feeling that a lot of people are feeling right now in the past year and a half. So they're very connected, I think. With everything that you've just said, because I'm sure probably our loyal listeners are going, I think I just checked every box that you just said. (laughs) So how would somebody identify that this is actually where they're at? Is there's, are there some sort of tests or is it more of a symptom analysis? What, what kind of things can people do to say, yes, this is me and off I go. Or maybe you don't even need that. You just need to understand that you're probably somewhere in in the realm of this football field? Great question. Because, you know, sometimes there's a scenarios where it's better to test and not guess uh, because, the, you know, these symptoms can be related to other conditions as well. So it's important to do that. But having said that, I honestly feel like 99% of the patients that I work with and people I work with have some level of this HPA access dysfunction or adrenal issue, or just that they're really burnt out emotionally, physically. And so often what I do is I begin a lot of the strategies that I would typically use and individualize it for them. And we see if we're seeing improvement within a short amount of time, it's up to them whether then we pursue testing. But if you do need testing, um, typically you're looking at hormonal testing. So you're seeing what your cortisol levels are. And it's not um, just one test. You often need to get a sampling of different times of the day to get a really strong idea of like the pattern of your cortisol. So some people might underproduce cortisol. There's also a phase of burnout where you kind of produce too much, as I said, at funny times. So really trying to um, hone in on the hormonal um, testing is what's really important to do for that. And there are different ways and different debates about which are the best ways to do that. Was this something that you'd ask your doctor about though first? I know that there's a saliva, cortisol saliva test, but is that something doctors do or they're more doing a blood draw? Um, it really depends on the doctors and, and their education on this topic. But, um, you know, I have a doctor who's very open-minded about these things and holistic, which is great. So we can have discussions about this. But um, you could do a blood test. As I said, like a blood test is uh, just one blood test gives you like a little snapshot of, of that particular time in the day. So it might okay. not capture everything. You're right. There are... Um, Saliva test, but even more popular now is a urine test to check for a hormone profile, a test called the Dutch test, which is really popular and it it does cover Hmm. off a lot of hormones as well. Um, So there are different, different options there. That's what I was talking about. There's a lot of debate, you know, which is the most accurate. Um, But, you know, to be honest, as I said, 99% of my patients, we get you on a protocol that's going to help strengthen your adrenals. And often they'll say, you know, within a short time, they're feeling a big difference. If they're not, that's when you might want to do some testing and investigation. Because you say, you know, 99% of, of, of people are probably suffering with this. You listed off a bunch of symptoms that most people are going to maybe identify with. Are there any that 
you know, are absolutely, oh yes, that's burnout. Are there different degrees to that? Like you mentioned brain fog. So if somebody feels like they're losing their memory, for instance, so you've got brain fog, which typically happens in more in the morning, you feel like you're like, oh God, I just can't even do anything until you give me that coffee kind of feeling. Um, but what happens if it's, if it could go to something secondary like memory loss? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's where a skilled um, patient doctor relationship is really important because you're going to have a baseline of what their previous health status was so that you can compare that. It's almost like symptom stacking. You have to look at like, if someone just says, I'm having difficulty sleeping, that might not be like the diagnosis of HPA access dysfunction. We may need to just work on their stress level in general and help them sleep or help them learn to meditate. But if it's I am not sleeping well. I'm forgetting things. Having all these new symptoms like headaches every day and I'm constipated or having this, you know, gaining weight also in the middle uh, abdomen. Yeah, there's very specific symptoms that can be signals. So everyone's pretty more smart than they think about their body. And I really trust the patient's um, understanding of what they're going through. So if they say to me, like, something's not right, something doesn't feel right, I'm not you know, and they might not even know about the adrenals. And then we start to talk about it and they say, yeah, like I, you know, I went through a really stressful time, whether it was, you know, a family crisis or a divorce or whatever, like sometimes there's an event or a, you know, what we've all been through in the last little while has been really destabilizing and it starts to have this accumulative effect. So I do, um, while I do think it's important, um, you know, clinically to assess, you know, whether it's, it's a severe condition or if it's, you know, something else, it's almost always that I'm listening to the patient and deciding um, what differential diagnoses are important and then going, okay, well, as I said, maybe we need to do some um, support for your adrenals, start there. If that doesn't do the trick, you know, we can try something else. And I will always, always refer them if needed to, you know, get further help. What a a neat concept. You're actually listening to your patient. That is, (laughs) you have no, I mean, you've probably heard it a thousand times because I mean, and I'm sure the relationship's getting a lot better between somebody like yourself, a naturopathic type doctor and a medical type doctor and how that you're now seeing a lot more medical type doctors, at least open their minds and their and their thoughts to the ideas of the natural way, right? And allowing the bodies to be um, sort of the barometer of, of how you're feeling. Personally, that's what I think. Because my I know my wife has been through some awful, awful medical conditions over the last few years. Wow. Yeah. You know, it was it was wasn't until somebody like Leanne listened to her and said, okay, well then let's fix it. Let's start somewhere. And slowly baby step our way to feeling better. I really like that baby step idea that you're talking about, because I think, you know, we, we, as a society try to like, you know, really give these huge fix treatments on things. And sometimes it's the smallest little shifts that can make the biggest difference. So just, you know, I have, you know, as I said, I'm trained in this abdominal massage technique. If I can get someone massaging their belly and going, wow, I'm not bloated as much, you know, because I just did this five minute thing for myself. It's whereas they might've thought, Oh my gosh, do I have, you know, some major digestive disorder. So I think it's important to really start with baby steps. And I agree. I think listening, um, to, you know, that's the the skill I'm trying to practice myself. And I'm trying to teach my patients is listening to yourself so that when we engage in that conversation, like you, you are the expert of your body and you know yourself best. So, you know, when things are off, 
um, you know, my, my, um, my dad, who's over 80 now and very healthy, um, just told me he read a book about written by a doctor who talks just about this topic and how important it is to listen individually to each patient and how the answers lie often within the patient. They absolutely do. I don't know who said it lately, but they said, you know, quoted someone who said, if you ask the patients enough questions, they will provide you with the answer. I agree. Like, I sometimes feel like a detective when I'm working with my, working with my clients. So like, what happened then? And what happened then? So it's sort of like you're at a yeah. fork in the road and you move forward and say, okay, yes, that's it. Okay. Yes. That proves that theory. And then oh, what's this one? Oh, no, that's different. Okay. So what's that yeah. all about? And you just, right. You just yeah. kind of like ducking and diving is, is down this path that you think you're going to. And then the individual part of it is that then people respond differently. You know, maybe they start taking B vitamins and feel like a new person where somebody else, maybe it's magnesium they're missing, or they take the gluten out or, you know, what did they start an abdominal massage? And that's the thing that, you know, that changes everything. So yeah, it's the right questions. And yeah. one of the right question is that doesn't get asked is where do you think you hold the stress in your body? Where do you mm. think it's, it's living? You know, so for someone, it's like, I have this neck pain that's driving me nuts for others. It could be like, I have headaches all the time. Other, and a lot of people hold it in their gut. So I'm having a lot of digestive consider, you know, symptoms that are making me feel bloated or gassy or, you know, just not feeling great in my belly and not having regular bowel movements. So everyone's different and we all hold it differently, but asking that question is a great starting point. Um, yeah. So that's one of those right questions. Yeah. Oh, it's so amazing yeah. to me how emotional stress, amazing in a bad way, not in a good way, but amazing how emotional stress turns into physical pain. Yeah. And there's some amazing books uh, out there. Um, body Keeps the Score is one of them. That's really amazing about how you know we can hold trauma and stress in our body. Gabriel Maté's book called The Body Says No, The Hidden Costs of Stress. Excellent. I've got that one, one yep. as well. Yeah. So, you know, the body is so wise too. It's just usually we're not listening or we're not, <laughs> well, you know, we're not tuning in. We're like, oh, Drowning our stories in ice cream and whiskey. I get it. I that's know. It. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's, that's you, Chris, right? Talking about yourself there. <laughs> no, well, it was, I'm asking for a friend. Called out, called out. Yeah, asking for a friend. I like that. <laughs> well, we just can't suppress. We have to True. address, yeah. you know, we, we can't do. just we like, push yeah. it down. It's not yeah. going to go away. Yeah. Okay. So in the vein of addressing, can we reverse this? And what are the first steps to doing this? Cause I know everybody's sitting there with their mouths open going, I want to get better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, we all. So, okay. So, so, when it, so I, I think I told you at the beginning, like two things that you really have to think about in a successful way to approach this is you can't just start taking all the great, wonderful natural products and yeah. supplements and minerals and things like that without making any changes into your lifestyle. So one of the things I always actually remember when I was, um, you know, early on in my career as a naturopathic doctor, we were, I was at a big conference and it was on adrenal health and the, you know, amazing mentor who was leading the talk said, what is the number one treatment for adrenal issues? And of course, we're all calling out some of the things we can talk about, you know, licorice, fruit, ashwagandha, B vitamins, magnesium, and all these supplements. And he kept saying, great, those are great, but that's not the number one treatment. And what it is, because of the reason that it's hormonally affected your body, is routine. We need to create better routines. Mm. So in terms of our, mm. our lifestyle, 
in order to help send best, better messaging through all these glands. Cause you have to imagine all your glands are, it's like they're texting all day to each other, like sending communication. They're like a teenage group of girls talking all day. Like, and like, why are you feeling stressed? What that's making me stressed, you know, like all this. So, so we need to like, change that by creating this routine where the, everyone knows we're eating at this time of day. Right. All the glands know that this is the time we're exercising. This is the time we're going to bed at the same time every night. And this is the time we're waking up because then they can follow suit and those hormones can start to flow on a regular basis. Because if you keep switching up your routine, that throws things off. So routine and establishing some type of boundaries about how much you can handle, how much you're going to do in a day. So it enables that. So for a lot of my patients, for instance, it might be one of the biggest changes is changing their bedtime and their wake time and being consistent with that and allowing that to be a priority. Because to be honest, sleep can heal so, so much. So if you're just not getting enough sleep, that's a really big number one. Then we can start looking at, you know, what other things could be creating more stress in your body. So certain foods, um, you already mentioned a couple. So sugar is probably the biggest one that you really want to remove because it confuses. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. I was so hoping you and I could be friends, Christine. And now we can. I know. <laughs> I was really we can't have to, this is temporary. I'm not saying it's not, you know, we don't have to be perfect. She saves about the day. <laughs> but if someone's, you know, in dire straits and burnt out, yes. um, this is a way to like reboot and reframe and re-strengthen you. And then I am definitely an advocate of, of progress, not perfection. You should be getting to a point that your health is strong enough to handle that sweet treat once in a while. I don't advocate it often. So Chris, we can be friends. Oh, 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 <laughs> all right. <laughs> mm, mm. Music to my dang, dang, dang ears. So sugar is huge. Um, for some, gluten is a major one. Um, not always, but it, it can be. G dairy is another one that sometimes does gum things up and causes more congestion in the body. But caffeine is something we have to talk about too. So Chris, I hope this doesn't cross the line as well. <laughs> caffeine, um, if you imagine caffeine, e e again, even though when you're stronger, you might be able to handle it. And some people even see some health benefits to it. It's one of those things that sends a message to the adrenals that there's some stress. And it, that's why you get that kind of wired feeling for a short period of time. And then you sometimes drop and you feel really Gosh. tired. Yeah. So again, the, the body doesn't categorize all sources of stress. It just gets like everything is a big S for stress. And it's like, okay, right. it's not a big, and so when you get that drink of uh, coffee or caffeine, the body's like, oh, we have some stress and we're going to mount a response to it. So, uh -huh. so reducing your caffeine, there are other, you know, ways to reincorporate caffeine and other um, types of caffeine that are gentler than coffee, you know, right. matcha is another way or green teas and things like that, which are sort of softer way to get caffeine in your system. Uh, again, once you've rebuilt yourself. Um, so you really look at, you know, what are you putting in your body? What can you avoid putting in? And then my sort of my favorite part is a lot of the ways that we can re-nourish those adrenals. So we have, uh, we've already mentioned, you know, B vitamins, so important, magnesium. There's a beautiful family of herbs, what we call the adaptogenic herbs that help your body adapt to stress better. So you've got your, you know, um, ashwagandha, holy basil, you've got... Um, yeah. Yeah. Rhodiola is one of my Taking favorites too. Before. 
I often, you know, either individually choose some of the herbs or put them on an adrenal formula that has a lot of these things together to make it really convenient. We have to talk about the mind body piece. You might start putting together a meditation practice, something that's going to reduce stress. So deep breathing techniques, meditation techniques. Um, And I also really love, and Chris will like this. I love to like identify what's the most like joy connecting activity that you love to do. So, you know, if meditation is just not your thing, then you need to identify like, what am I going to do for my joy factor every day? So, you know, to give you an example, I have a patient who really like, she was a lawyer, but she loved designing clothes and stuff. So for, you know, 10 minutes a day, she would just, you know, sketch out beautiful outfits that she would love to design one day. And it was so appropriate for her to use that as her stress management. That's so awesome. everyone's different. Yeah, yeah that's incredible. Yeah. That's a really neat way of, of approaching that as opposed to just saying, well, you need medication or you need to eat better. You know what? Go out and have some fun. Find yes. something you love yes. to do. And that, yes. now yeah. that, that may be the hardest part for everyone because we get so caught up in our routines, in our busy lifestyles. And we, yeah. and yeah. especially as a parent, if you've got kids, you understand you push and push and push and everything yeah. you do is to make them happy. So totally. suddenly being told to sit down and figure out what makes you happy. You're like, um, uh, 10 minutes in a closet without my, you know, <laughs> I think you're right, Chris. I think that many people, especially um, in the scenario you've described, actually do, don't even know how they to have don't. fun. Yeah. I actually I listen. Say, it can take a long time to figure out what yeah. gives you joy and that create in itself creates stress because then you think, oh, but I'm supposed to meditate. And I did just want to inject that there are a lot of people out there that just can't meditate. And it's just, please don't give up on it. I think it's because you're just not there yet. In those moments when you are so stressed, it is very difficult. There's a, there's sort of this thing I came across feeling wired and tired Yes. and, and all you're exhausted and you think I would love nothing better to just sit and Zen out for 10 minutes. As soon as you sit down and all the thoughts come, you think, well, that's not meditating and forget that. So your joy might need to be a, a moving meditation, which could look like yoga, or it could be going for a walk with, and then just focusing on hearing the birds sing, or it could be being near water or go hug a tree, or you can really find something that gives you joy. And rather than sitting down, trying to figure out what gives you joy, Maybe just as you go about your day, think about when was the last time that you smiled as you either talk to your child or, you know, quickly walk past your partner and you just sort of brushed shoulders or something, you know, was that joy? And when you can identify it sort of as you're going through the day rather than sitting down taxing yourself, oh, well, yeah, that would be joy. But then, no, I'm not supposed to watch TV, even though that's what I really want to do. Do a Netflix series, right? Like, that's not exactly it. I think uh, one of the simple ways that does help some people is to think about what you used to love to do as a child. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, when you were seven years old, you knew exactly what brought you joy and what brought you happiness. And sometimes returning to those types of activities is, is a great way to sort of explore that. And I often find when I'm sitting with a patient, I'll ask that question and they well up. They're like, oh gosh, I used to love dancing. And I, 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 I wouldn't, I barely ever dance or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I think it's really important to, to connect with that. It's, it's probably, again, the answer is within you, just like we were talking earlier. Like you, you just have to reconnect with it. And, and of course there could be new ways that you experience joy, joy as well, but for sure it's the answers are within. What's your joy, Christine? I want to know. 
Oh, I do love dancing. I used to do a ton of dance when I was younger and musical theater. So mm-hmm. singing and dancing, I think I could be doing a lot more of. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I love art and I don't make as much time to, to draw and paint and things like that. Um, but yeah, I just like literally just turning on some music and dancing is, is the easiest way for me to like get things flowing. Cool. All right, Chris, what's your joy? Well, we already talked about the ice cream and whiskey, but... Uh, (laughs) When it comes to the actual movement joy, I enjoy um, keeping busy. I'm a I'm a guy who likes to tinker. Right. So I like to go outside and I've got bins of little pieces of cut off wood and metal and and just stuff. And I like to create from there. So, I I mean, as a boy, it was Lego, but now it's now it's big adult toys. And so I get to play with (laughs) screws and nails and glue. And so I like to create from there and, and I could spend days, weeks, just try coming up with an idea, writing it down on a piece of paper and then creating that idea. What about you, Leanne? Uh, I would say this takes a little more planning, but um, <laughs> sailing, right? Like I can't just walk, right. walk out my door and go sailing, but going sailing is, I find it exhilarating and so much fun. Lately, as I was talking about it, um, with friends, there's, it's an interesting, and I wonder now that we're talking about the stress, I'm kind of scared to go out on the water. Um, you know, it's dark, it's deep, it's, it's cold. It's, you know, so there's like a bit of an edge to it at the same time too, while we're going out and this is all exciting. And I think it's also cause it's sailing, right? Cause I did have a sailing accident a few weeks ago where I was thrown on a boat and literally flew across the, across the, the boat and broke my ribs. So I have oh. reason, reason enough to worry about it. However, that's, I know that it's just that that's just a bit of an anomaly. An accident could happen anywhere. I could, I could go and trip, you know, trip over while I'm taking my dog for a walk and smash my nose. So when you get on a boat, your adrenals start pumping. They might. Now that we've just talked about this, because there's just that little bit of, it's like an excitement, exhilaration, maybe just a sort of a smidge of fear in there. And that's something that I think we also really need to address is your thoughts can be stressful. And I think what you're talking about is that excitement and and fear or being scared are actually very related emotions. And Mm -hmm. um, I love actually Glennon Doyle's uh, great writer that I like, and she uses the word skited. Feeling skited means you're kind of scared and excited at the same time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think that that's actually really appropriate for what we're talking about, because I referred to at the beginning, there's good stress as well. It's actually important to feel skited and scared and excited at the same time about certain things. You know, if you're planning a big event, whether it's going sailing or building this wonderful thing you have a vision of, or if it's your wedding or it's your big party you're organizing, there's things that can kind of be like, oh my gosh, there's lots to do and excitement around it, but you're also scared at the same time. But that's good stress and actually can fuel your body and your mind in certain ways. And I think you're right. There is a huge, um, an amount of research now around the biology of our beliefs. You know, what we think determines what happens biologically. So, you know, Mm. shifting our thinking, which again, comes back to meditation, um, which, you know, it can come in many forms. Um, you know, I often suggest guided meditation to someone's new to it or, or kind of hesitant about it. Um, you know, that they have someone guiding them through Oprah has some wonderful ones. If you love Oprah, like just having, like feeling like you're hanging out with Oprah doing a meditation is very different (laughs) thing than like feeling like you're sitting alone in silence. So yes. And I can't do this. You get a car and you get a car. car. (laughs) Well, it's not 
Well, she does it with with Deepak too. I think she does it with Deepak Chopra too. He might keep her a little more grounded than you get a car. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, like I I enjoy some of those guided sources, but um, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Shifting our beliefs makes a, a difference. And you know, identifying what your fear is in your life, even just doing that, like on the flip side of us talking about really helping your stress and burnout level be managed by seeking your joy also means figuring out where your fears are and facing your fears. You know, that whole idea of bringing your fears, asking your uh, fears to come for tea. I don't know if you've heard that expression where you literally like sit down with your fears and go, okay, what is up? Why are you so scared about this? Let's talk about this. Instead of again, suppressing your, your really facing your fears, you know, and sometimes when you actually reality check some of your fears, they're really based not on reality. They're based on a narrative that you have going. Well, fear is false evidence appearing real. Yes, that's right. F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. So just coming back to the framework of other strategies, you've you've looked at the ways you could reduce stress in your life, whether that means really shifting your routine. You're starting to take some nutrients and herbs that might really help. And then you're adding in this mind-body piece. So choosing a way to like address some of those fears, address some of those negative ways of thinking. You know, that may mean you need to talk to a therapist and work that out, or you might be able to use meditation or other strategies and mindfulness strategies. Um, you know, I remember I um, had the pleasure of living next door to a doctor who teaches the mindfulness-based stress reduction uh, work of John Kabat-Zinn. And she's a dear friend now. And um, and based in Toronto, she teaches these programs. My kids were really young at the time when I was living next to her. And one day we were rushing, we were both like clearly rushing out the door and like having that feeling of, you know, fear and anxiety that comes up when you're rushing to event. Right. And she, we, our, our porches were parallel and she looked at me and she like took a deep breath and she's like, okay, Christine, we are mindfully rushing to our things right now and not letting this, like we're aware that we're like this. And it was like this great little moment of intervention, you know? Yeah. Because, yes. <laughs> I know, love being that. A, being aware of what's going on is key too. Absolutely. Now I want to just, before we finish up, want to talk to you about, you were talking about the abdominal massage and how that could be something be, that people could also do as well as all the great tips that you've given so far, because there are, you know, one of my daughters, since she was younger, she would always say, my belly hurts, my belly hurts, my belly hurts. But not, and then I figured out that it wasn't that her belly hurt. That's where she holds, holds her stress. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I still think the same thing happens, happens today. So because I love talking about the gut and gut health as well, can you share some more about this particular abdominal massage that you specialize in? Absolutely. Now we're getting into where I really think it starts. You know, I think right. and I, I know that you and I agree on this. So um, we actually have a whole nervous system in our gut. It's called the enteric nervous system. And it basically, some people call it the second brain. It's so highly innervated in your abdomen that you can yep. hold a tremendous 
tremendous amount of, amount of stress there. And that's actually why kids are such good um, examples of that, because they yeah. often complain of belly aches and tummy aches um, before they ever experience a headache, right? Um, so one of the things that we need to do is not only look at you know what foods we're eating that might be causing some of the digestive symptoms we have, but if you feel a lot of stress in your abdomen, it could be simply due to the constriction and tightness that is being caused by stress. If your gut microbiome, which is that ecosystem of bacteria in your gut is out of balance, that can lead to and create this uh, illusion of some of the symptoms that we're talking about as well. So improving your gut microbiome health and learning about that with the help of a practitioner can be really, really important to really shift your mood. We actually know that um, if you have certain bacteria imbalances, it can cause depression and anxiety. So it's really, really important to address that. Huge. And then really coming to my um, absolutely favorite therapy to address this is abdominal massage. So I um, became an Arvigo practitioner, which is this amazing ancient Mayan abdominal massage technique, because I feel like it was the missing piece for a lot of people. Um, even if they didn't have digestive symptoms, making sure that their their digestion was really regular because it's actually the way that your body does daily detoxification. And if you're not having enough of that happening, that can build up and lead to some of the symptoms we're talking about. So just learning how to do this Arvigo massage, uh, which is an abdominal massage once a day for uh, less than five minutes, starts to send a message to that nervous system there that it's able to relax and that calms the muscles and the movement of your digestive system and creates regularity and flow. And a lot of people, you know, feel the effects in other places. Like they will, because everything's connected. For instance, our, of course. Our, our pelvis and our abdomen are very connected with our jaw. So a lot of people who have stress hold a lot of jaw tension. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrote a blog about this and I, it's my most popular blog because so many people are out there with jaw tension, but they also come to me with belly and pelvic health issues. Right. So we need to like connect everything as well. So, um, you know, patients of mine who do the Arvigo massage and learn how to do it, notice like, oh, my jaw tension is better. Oh, when right. I'm running, my hips feel better because everything's flowing in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am so happy to have this as a, a therapy to share with people and um, make it better known yeah. um, because it's so simple and so powerful. And again, like you feel empowered to know something that you can just do at home without needing the help of someone else. That's really powerful that you can take care of yourself because it kind of comes down to that. You still, as you said, need to talk to a practitioner and get help yeah. in so many other areas of, you know, how many bees or do I take the adrenal life force? Do I take, take the HPA axis? Yes. These are supplements that I have on spiritright.com. So, you know, those kind of things, I always, um, I always think of where you can help yourself when you know that you need it is super powerful. Absolutely. So, so you mentioned that, uh, that this is something that people can now learn from you because I know you used to do this in, um, in your clinic. So you would, would do it in person, but you, do you have an online resource for this now? Yeah. I'm so excited to share that. It's big news. So during the um, pandemic, the Arvigo Institute decided to make it more possible to teach this in different ways and online. So I'm actually just in the midst of launching my Belly Be Well Healthy Gut Reset, where you get to learn how to do the self-abdominal massage as well 
as getting a chance to digest your best and learning all the tricks and tips that I basically have been gathering for over, you know, 30 years in my own health journey um, to really have a really healthy gut, which has this huge ripple effect on your mood, your immunity, your metabolism, your hormones, your skin. Uh, I really think it's where we, you know, I think Leanne and I couldn't agree more. It's where where we all need to start is improving our gut health and having thriving gut health starts to really address the the foundation of a lot of these concerns. So I'm so happy to be launching that and um, I'll share all that information so uh, your listeners can join that program if they'd like and uh, learn about it more. Excellent. Yes. I'm actually offering a a special masterclass right now to to educate about it. It's called the um, three game changing strategies you need to know to achieve thriving gut health. So it's a great way, a free class that you can come and learn more about um, this program. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to suggest uh, I'll put Christine's website information because Christine, people listen to this not only when it comes out, but maybe in six months. Yeah, time. Exactly. So just, just keep checking, checking back on your, on your website to, to join anything that you've got on offer. But thank you so much for, for sharing this, your great expertise. I know that listeners have, they're going to be hitting, oh, I got to just like, what is that? I'm going to go back again. I got to listen to that again. I got to listen to that again. I got to listen to that again. And, and I'll probably be doing the same on one of my, my lovely joyful walks. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate it my pleasure. And I really do hope that some of you got some nuggets to stress less and, you know, to know that if you sort of address it face on a bit more, I do want to reemphasize small things can make a big difference. All right. Thank you, Christine, for all that insight. And I think I'm going to have to try out that belly massage technique. I really like the sound of that. I've heard Christine talk about it before, but I'm so glad that now that the, we get the opportunity to um, to try that out online so we can all actually learn it and don't have to see Christine in person because it's lovely to see her. She's an incredible human, but you know we've got things, some barriers around. So while most of us would love a pill to just make it all better, sure, there are a few that will help with the vitamins, as Christine mentioned, not all the medicines. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. What's the matter? Oh, What's the matter? You've got down to the cone of your ice cream. <laughs> And if it wasn't funny enough to see the ice cream come into the Zoom screen, this is funnier. I don't know. It took me at least five minutes to recover from that one. I feel like you've got a lot of really important information to tell people. And I'm I'm, I'm only detracting from that. I'm so sorry. You, you just had the biggest soft serve chocolate yeah. vanilla ice cream that was handed to you through your bathroom door. <laughs> now he's finishing the cone. I'm almost done. <laughs> so, how am I supposed to keep going while you're crunching away? Yeah. This is the best. And this ice cream, just so that you know, lovely listeners, is it was as big as this, as <laughs> like it was as tall as it, like it couldn't even fit on the Zoom screen. It not wasn't so big. That That's how big it was. Big. <laughs> Stop it. All right. I'm good now. Okay. So we can carry on. <laughs> Right, where was I? So it's talking about vitamins, medicines, yes. Yes. Because truly, the healing comes down to the big picture. So again, just as Christine said, it's the life 
lifestyle. That includes your diet, your sleep, your breathing. Are you actually doing breath work or do you just go, nope, that's not for me. Breathing. I've heard someone say lately, I, everybody tells me about the breathing, but it's not my thing and it does not work for me. Okay, there you go. At least you know movement that's intentional that's huge and that could just be yoga it could be going for a walk where you just say I'm going to be present and let me see how many birds I can find or let me see what different leaves I can see like something that's really a general thing to think about while you're out there I went for a run the other day because, and I haven't been running for, I don't know, six or nine months because I was at a point of stress. There's been a lot of stress in my life of late. And I just needed that music pumping in my ears. I think it was the Macklemore song. And it just, oh my God, it's awesome. My heart's pumping, my legs are moving. And, you know, I'm almost out there sprinting just to get rid of this excess energy. As Christine said, sometimes the stress is a good thing, but you need to move so that you can get it through your body. But there have been times in my life where actually I've had to stop exercise because the stress on my adrenals were just too much. So remember that while it feels good to do an intense workout, it may actually make it worse. worse. Mental hygiene by staying off social media. We didn't quite get to that with Christine, but further to that, you know, that blue light that comes from your computer screen and also from your phone, it messes with your circadian rhythm and your ability to sleep. Now, when you have that light in your eyes, your body does not pump out melatonin, which is what helps you to fall asleep. So if you can turn off the phone, really get away from the screen, especially the computer screen, at least an hour before bed, that's crucial. Now, one of the first things Christine said was about your routine. So having those regular meals. And although I'm someone myself who does intermittent fasting, there are times when it's not appropriate for me to do that. I need to have breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. And that doesn't mean that it's forever. So anybody who is uh, following intermittent fasting know that it is actually not the best thing for you in order to stabilize your blood sugar at the moment. And it's just temporary. So just like Christine said to you, Chris, no more, no sugar as you go and finish your ice cream, (laughs) right? It's temporary. It doesn't necessarily have to be a forever thing. Nothing really is forever, but you go through the process of maybe no more ice cream for a week or two. And that just helps that small, that, that little reset to happen. Well, the, that ice cream cone was definitely temporary. It did not last forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. And now it's all in your belly. Now I know that you crave sugar and you feel like you need that coffee and only have time to find foods from some sort of box or package, but all of those create stress in your body. So the more refined, the less fiber, the more faster release of carbs, all that means is your blood sugar is going to rise, but the more it goes up, the more it's going to crash and tank afterwards. So it's just as much of a stress, if you can believe it, as running from that bear. It's actually more of a roller coaster that you're on and your poor pancreas and insulin, your diabetic potential, all of that that's there helps you to put weight around your middle, around the abdomen. And that's, of course, one of the most dangerous places. So the last thing is that stress is inflammatory. Right. So, you know, we've talked about this. We talked talked with Julie a few episodes ago about eating anti-inflammatory, how everything affects uh, really pretty much anything in your body that that is inflamed is not a good thing. So eating wise, this is where you've got to eat those whole foods, meaning it has to be in its real state. So when I talk about a potato, I am not talking about potato chips. Sorry. I'm also not talking about a box of whatever the flakes are that you get to make mashed potatoes. No, I'm talking about the real thing that came out of the ground. Then there's things like 
salmon, tuna, herring, mackerel, and sardines, all of those anti-inflammatory omega-3 fish oils that come from those fish are incredible for anti-inflammatory. You got to eat all those colors, the the colorful, the polyphenol and, and anthocyanin-rich berries like strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and cherries. They're also found in my Skin Boost and my Kid Boost Superfood Powder of my Take This with Leanne line. You can also eat as many greens as possible. Those watercress, the arugula, the kale, the spinach, romaine lettuce instead of iceberg and chard and all of those kind of things. And then the, the orange foods, sweet potato, carrots, peppers, all packed with antioxidants. I think I just made a whole salad with all of that, didn't I? Everything that I just talked about, I think could go into a salad. Yep or could go into one plate. Yeah, throw on some nuts and seeds on there too. And then you can go get go raid your nice herb garden and add in some turmeric or curcumin, some ginger and some rosemary. That can go in your salad dressing. And when I'm talking about dressing, I'm saying making that from an, uh, an olive oil, not those pro-inflammatory corn, soy, and safflower oils. No, those actually, this, the omega-6 in them actually increases inflammation. And please make sure that you don't skip meals. You got to keep that routine going. Just like Christine was saying how everybody's texting everybody else all around your body. If it if it's relying on a 6 a.m. or an 8 a.m. or whatever breakfast starts, then you've got to know about that. And she said it first, switch up your coffee to something like green tea. I've got some more notes on that on leannephillipson.com. Just quickly is the supplements that you might want to think about further to what Christine talked about. So I've already said this, my, my take this by Leanne line is kid boost or skin boost. Cause it's got all those antioxidants act so packed in there. I take this every single day without fail lately with all the stress going on in my life, I've added in the liposome B complex liquid, the bees get zapped so fast during stress that it makes a huge difference when you put those bees in. Vitamin C, that's another one that gets inhaled during times of stress. So maybe if you're wondering why your wounds aren't healing or your bug bites that you're getting or your mouth ulcers are, are you know, they're not, they're not going away too quick, then you need at least 2,000 2, milligrams a day. Sometimes I've upped that to double. Magnesium. Huge, huge. I think it's about 70% of the population is completely deficient in magnesium. So do head over to sproutright.com, the magnesium bisglycinate that's there, you can take in much higher doses. A lot of the time when I speak to people and they say, oh yeah, I'm taking magnesium and they take like one pill a day and somewhere in the middle of the day, you actually can take up to about 400 milligrams a day of this particular product, the magnesium bisglycinate, because of the form that it is, it means it's not going to give you that digestive discomfort which can happen if you take one that is not as absorbable. And then Christine said it best with the microbiome. So take your probiotic as well. I'll also link to two specific products called Adrenal Life Force and also uh, HPA Axis. So those are more specific that you can get into, but just send me a note if you're, uh, if you want to know a little bit more about that. <music> So there you have it. How are your adrenal glands doing now? Are you tired after all of that? I can imagine that you've got a lot to mull over because this adrenal fatigue, burnout, HPA axis situation, it's please not something to ignore and hide under the duvet about. You can help yourself out here. And if you want to have some testing done, look for a functional medicine doctor, visit your own doctor and have that 
cortisol test. I think it was the Dutch test actually that Christine said was the best one to go to. Uh, that way you'll know where you're at and you know and where you can head to. There's different things like an aura ring that'll show your sleep patterns and your heart rate variability. So there's lots of ways to be able to make sure that you are on this as much as you possibly can. So you've got some great takeaways from today. So go forth, go forth. Let us know what you're going to do. How are you going to find your joy? What foods are you going to try eating? Are you going to try a supplement? Whatever it happens to be. Reach out on social media or on leannephillipson.com or even sproutright.com. And you know what I'm going to say right after this. Please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.